Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Something to Talk About. I'm Randy Wartelski, and I thank you so much for joining us here at the Nachum Siegel Network. We're here every Thursday afternoon with an encore on Sundays, giving you something to think about and something to talk about. It's hard to be active in communal life when you're busy trying to figure out your own. Finals, major requirements, maybe even dating, all get in the way of giving of yourself to the greater community. But two groups of college kids aren't letting that happen as they prepare for exams, work on their papers, apply for internships, and manage their busy social schedules, they're fitting in some time to do good for others and encourage others to do for the good. Today we'll hear from two young adults who are using music to create long-lasting relationships between college kids and senior citizens. Gabrielle Apfel and Eric Suss are live in our studio to tell us about music verse. And later, I can think of a million things college kids would want to do with the little time they have between school and summer, but I wasn't thinking about hammer, nails, paint, and collecting garbage. But that's exactly what students from Yeshiva University are doing this week. It's all part of a YU Run volunteer program that sends students out to Long Island and its surrounding areas to help people continue with their rebuilding following Hurricane Sandy. But first, it began as a grassroots organization with one person and has now grown to a full-fledged outreach program on college campuses all over the East Coast. We welcome Gabrielle Apple of Lander College and Eric Suss, a volunteer from Lehman College, to tell us more about Musicverse. Guys, thanks so much for being here. Glad to be here. So, Gabrielle, let's start with you. Sure. Uh, how did your organization start? Um, the organization in general or specifically Lander Chapter? Uh, let's talk about the organization in general. Um, so, it really all started with my friend Mark Weingarten. Um, he's a Yeshiva College student. Uh, and he used to, we were in KBY together um, in 2010, and he used to go around to Hadassah Hospital on Fridays and play uh, music for the patients there using his violin. Um, and that kind of, you know, that was his inspiration for starting the whole organization, really, uh, you know, seeing how it affected the, the patients there, um, seeing, you know, how it brought joy to them. Um, and, you know, when he got back to America, he decided to, um, you know, begin a organization that would, you know, a much larger, more international, you know, initi- initiative with other undergraduates um, that would, you know, do the same, use music as a way of creating relationships with patients and residents. So he just went to these hospitals just out of the goodness of his own heart. I'm off on Fridays. I'm not playing football today. I'm going to volunteer at the hospital. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to comment on Mark's athletic skills. but uh, I'm not implying he's not athletic. I'm just saying he chose not to play football on Fridays. He chose instead to play his violin for, for at hospitals. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Mark Weingarten's, um, the, the whole Weingarten family is really just a very generous, very nice family. Um, you know, all their, all their children are very talented, very musical, uh, extremely nice. And, yeah, Mark is, Mark's a good guy. Yeah, we should just tell our listeners that, unfortunately, Mark was unable to join us today, or he would be talking about himself, True. you know, live. Um, so just, I know you're speaking on behalf of Mark, but what do you think gave him the idea to bring his one-man violin-playing chesed personality to to come back to the U.S. and want to start something of it. Right. I mean, I think it's twofold. Um, really, partly, um, a lot of it was actually based on uh, his grandfather died that year um, when we were in KBY, and he wanted to, you know, his grandfather was a very, you know, a big communal person, um, you know, did a lot for the community, and I think he wanted to kind of, you know, do something, you know, it, kind of in his memory, um, you know, uh, that would obviously, you know, involve, you know, the community at large, um, you know, colleges across the, across, you know, the America, really. Um, and he wanted to start an international uh, uh, initiative. Uh, he thought, like, you know, he kind of, like, changed the world uh, type of thing. Um, and that coupled with, the, you, know, the, you know, the reactions he saw from the patients that he visited in Adassa, I think really inspired him to start the whole music verse. And how did you get on board? Um, so I'm uh, actually very good friends with Mark, and um, he... You know, he wanted. Uh, he called up Lander. You know, Lander, a bunch of Lander's guys, and wanted to start a chapter there. And uh, I really was excited by the idea. Um, and you know, got the whole club started. Um, you know, worked out with Mark. I've already had several events. Um, it's been a really successful year. What um, w- when you say you've had several events? So what does the organization do exactly? Um, so the goal of Music Verse really is to. Um, right, as I said before, to establish you know long-lasting relationships with the patients and residents that it visits in hospitals or care centers. Um, you know, it does so by uh, it, 
the each chapter sh- uh, you know is going to organize large events in which the members will bring along you know will be bring along instruments they'll sing they'll dance they'll talk to the patients talk to the residents um, and at those large events um, which will you know take place in nursing homes or care centers you know in, obviously nearby um, the goal is to then you know have find one or two uh, people uh, you know whether they be like terminally ill kids or um, you know el- just an elderly resident of a, of a nursing home uh, find those people. Um, if they like, if they reach out to us, uh, then we try to uh, you know establish connections with them, and hopefully subsequently have smaller events when you, we continue to go back um, and visit them on a regular basis. So, who identifies where are you going to where are you going to go? Is uh, that something that your group would do, or is that something that a chapter leader would do, or a volunteer? How do you figure out where to go? Right. So, um, we really. Uh, in terms of the each, in each college, uh, the reason we obviously specifically did undergraduates is uh, undergraduate students is because once we establish it in each college, then kind of once it becomes a official club, then the leader of that club can have their you know their own uh, you know decide where they want to go um, by their own jurisdiction. Um, and what I do at least is I phone I you know I, I try to find out where local um, nursing homes are. Um, I call them up. They seem extremely grateful when we come. And just we go there and, and, and play music and uh, dance and sing, and they enjoy it. Let's bring Eric here in on the conversation. So, Eric, you became a chapter leader at Lehman College. Yes, just and, recently this semester. And how did that happen? Um, so I actually started off in Yeshiva University first semester, and I was actually roommates with Mark, Mark Weingarten, who has a twin brother, who's been also a very big driving force uh, behind this organization, MJ Weingarten. Um, so I was talking with him throughout the semester, and they were thinking about starting this idea. And then Mark came over to me uh, one time uh, during lunch, and he said, what do you think about this idea? I'm very excited. You know, I've done this for a while, but how, how would you like to make this bigger, better? You know, that's, that's how he's always thinking uh, in grand terms, Mark. So he said, what do you think? And I said, that's an amazing idea. That's something we should definitely pursue. And I said, um, he wanted me actually to, to start uh, the branch, uh, branch out into other colleges. And he said, you know, if you could do that, um, then you're definitely on board. And I said, I'm in. So you had a you had an event, or not yet? I had yes, I already had. Um, there were two main goals I guess I had this semester. One was to make an event, um, just to start get the ball rolling. But uh, in addition, I wanted to spread the word on it's a CUNY campus, Lehman College. So I ran two events just to get the word out um, about what we do and tell everyone uh, come join us. This is going to be a great volunteer opportunity and just uh, something that you'll enjoy, as well as uh, the community will definitely enjoy as well. And is your chapter, and, and I guess this is a question for either of you, when you branch out into other colleges, is your goal to keep it within the Jewish community and to only bring in, let's say, the the Jews who are on campus, or is it your goal to sort of branch out and reach anybody? This is certainly for whoever one wants to uh, to join. Uh, I can tell you in Lehman College, I am actually one of two Jews uh, on the club right now, and... It's still running, obviously, very smoothly. We're doing a great job. And a lot of people have interests in, in doing this type of thing because um, they understand what Beaker Holm is from their perspective as well, and they know they're doing an amazing thing uh, for the community as well. So they, they yeah, I was going to ask, how, how easy is it to get people involved? I mean, in general, I feel like people are a little bit apathetic in general, but maybe in college people feel like, you know, like you said, you want to you wanna make your mark, you want to start getting out there and doing things. How easy or hard is it to get people on board? I mean, so um, it's actually not not too hard to get guys in, um, to join this type of group. Uh, uh, I know in Landers I had a very easy time. We had people sign up right away when they heard about it. Um, just, you know, people like doing chesed. Uh, obviously, we're going to have our little gimmicks, give out free T-shirts, cardigans. Um, um, if you're a pre-med student, this is, looks great on your resume. To definitely. be part of the international student organization. Most definitely. Uh, yeah, and so I mean, for the most part, we people, you know, students are actually very enthusiastic about the idea. When you say international, does the branch in Israel still exist? Yeah. So um, at first, it started out, um, you know, Mark, Mark wanted to just you know kind of spread around the New York area, but uh, as Eric said before, Mark likes to think big, and he decided to spread it to you know high schools and yeshivas and seminaries um, worldwide. Um, so we've actually established a group in KBY. I'm in the middle of establishing one in, in Gush, and actually we could get a branch in Mir Yeshiva uh, next year. That'd be very cool. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all just a matter of identifying one single person who wants to mobilize other people. 
Uh, yeah. Um, well, the way we go about really, you know, trying to get in contact with other colleges is um, the first way we do it is by just mutual friends, um, right. and which are going to be obviously, you know, friends who grew up in, you know, we were in high school with, or friends we know from yeshiva, or just from, you know, any, um, you know, from the community. Uh, and then we, you know, try to talk to them. We try to like, you know, we, we call them up and you say, okay, who can we talk to that's, you know, interested in your university or your high school or your, your, uh, seminary or your yeshiva, um, who's, who'd be interested in starting this type of club. And they're extremely accommodating and, uh, it's, it's actually going really well for us right now. Let's talk about the name of your organization. Yeah. It's First kind of, of all, <laughs> let's spell it for people because we're saying music verse and it's kind of sounds like universe, but it's M U S I C the letter V, and the letter S. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a confusing name, but um, it's... Uh, but you like my take on it, right? Music verse is like universe. Uh, yeah, nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> that one. That sounds good. It sounds like I'll, it. I'll mention that to Mark. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's an acronym for um, Musical Undergraduate Support Initiative for Children, Veterans, and Seniors. And also, um, music, uh, it's supposed to connote kind of like we use music or the universal language of music, which you know, everybody really likes music. Um, it's always a good way to break the ice when, um, if you're going to visit someone, you know, play a song, you know, ask them to play a song for, or if they want you to play a song for them. Um, and we're supposed to, we're trying to use music, you know, to help these people, you know, cope with like whatever issues are, are, um, you know, bothering them or, you right. know, their sickness they have. So it's kind of like music versus the world, music versus the sickness, uh, something like that. I like that idea. That sounds very strong. Eric, what happens if somebody comes to you and says, oh, I really want to go, but I'm just not musical? Ah, so that's definitely uh, one of the things that Mark was talking about with us in the beginning. He said, listen, I play a violin, uh, but not everyone else plays an instrument, but uh, they're interested in helping out. So what's what can we do to um, make sure that this is really global and this, this could be um, across any college campus for whoever would like to join? So he said the music is just going to be an icebreaker, just to kind of get uh, to make that fun type of atmosphere in the beginning. But really the whole point of this was to fill that, that social void that, that these people are feeling so anyone that really just wants to help out and, and make a connection and talk to these patients, uh, these patients would really appreciate that as well. So it, that opened the doors to whoever wanted to join. Right. right. It's interesting. I, I also, you know, as a musician myself and somebody who's brought many groups to various hospitals and senior citizen centers all over, um, I do find that music is, as you said, a good icebreaker. And I have been with uh, students or I've worked in camps and I've brought little kids the kids who don't necessarily sing or don't play an instrument could still get up there and tell a joke or say something that just makes people smile. Right, for sure. I mean, the in the end, the goal of Music Verse is just to establish these long-lasting relationships with individuals. Um, you know, if you could use music, you know, to initiate the the uh, relationship, that's excellent. Per- like personally, I uh, I do not play an instrument. I play the oral percussion, uh, beatboxing. Do you want to <laughs> give us a little? Uh... Uh, a little taste my, of your oral uh, percussion. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Go well, for it. Um, <laughs> All right, it's hey, a little, little bit taste. Hey, why'd you stop? We li- I could write you a little rap right now. I like that. <laughs> I actually, uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I, um, I applied for this like uh, radio uh, type uh, radio talk show voiceover. They actually never contacted me, but uh, yeah, we'll put in a good word after this interview. Please. Um, <laughs> so you have a very good radio voice. For uh, sure. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I don't play, I don't really play any instruments, um, but that didn't stop me from, you know, that doesn't, that shouldn't stop anybody from, you know, not taking the initiative, not joining a club. Because, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, right, the patients really enjoy if you try to really show that you care about, you know, their lives, try to establish connections with them. Um, and give them, you know, the consideration that they deserve. What has been the feedback, and this question goes out to either of you, from the patients or the people that you've visited? Do they keep in touch? Do they email? Do they share their reactions? What has their reaction been? Uh, yeah, so um, uh, I, um, the Lander, Lander Group uh, had a PERM event. Um, PERM. And uh, at the event, we met... Uh, we, went in, we went in with costumes, and we sang, and we danced, and we spoke with the residents. And at the event, um, this lady named uh, Zelma came over to us, and she mentioned that, you know, she would think that her husband, Meyer, would really appreciate if, you know, some students would, you know, come and visit him on a regular basis. And you know, since that event, which was several months ago, we've been visiting Meyer on a, uh, you know, biweekly, regular basis. He's wow. a yeah, he's a Holocaust survivor. He's a veteran of the 1948 War of Independence, um, and he really—I think—he really enjoys his visit, our visits. Um, his wife definitely appreciates it. Um, we've definitely got positive feedback from there. 
Um, just another, um, and I, an, uh, another, at another event, we visited Margaret Tite's nursing um, center in Kew Garden Hills, and we, you know, we played, uh, my friend Jeff Stokar rocked on the guitar a little bit, um, and we really just, you know, really, uh, you know, felt, made connections with the patients there, residents there, and the actual the director of the, the, the nursing home uh, asked for our contact information and wants us to come back on a regular basis. Wow. That's really special. Yeah. That's really special. Yeah, I was going to offer out to our listeners if they know of places that would welcome you to come in. How do they contact you? Right. So um, you can go to our website, which is museverse.org. Um, click on M U S I C V S. Yeah. Dot org. Um, and uh, there's a contact us tab on top. And please just feel free to write. Um, you could also go to the About Us page and contact any one of the national directors or president or um, really anybody on the page. Uh, check out our Facebook page, which is, I believe, musicverse.initiative uh, at Facebook. Um, yeah, and give us, a, give, us a, give us a call. So I did notice. Gabrielle, when I visited your website, that your organization is is modeled after a strong business model. You have people with titles. You have a, I don't know what a director. You know, it, it's it seems very official. Have you found that putting together and, and your website is beautiful and it's very impressive. Have you found that putting together uh, something that works as a business would that you found more success in reaching out? Oh, definitely. Um, the way Mark set it up is he, you know, wanted to establish four national directors, which would be in contact with, uh, you know, several other regional directors. Um, um, and the national directors would kind of give guidance for the um, regional directors who would be students from various colleges to, you know, help them. So, Eric, you'd be a regional director. Exactly, yeah. That's okay. Um, so we would, you know, I would guide Eric into, you know, calling up, you know, say, uh, you know, call these specific universities, um, you know, and, and obviously you keep up with them, trying to get feedback, see if they respond, um, you know, making sure they're, you know, st- you kind of stay on top of them. Do you have uh, any requirements? Like you have to run a certain number of events per year. You have to raise a certain amount of money. Right. So we actually put together a packet of all our rules and regulations. Um, the requirements really are um, not to, you know, it's not so much. Uh, we just want you to run, uh, you know, the requirements for a, a club in a college should be, you know, a minimum of two events per semester, two big events per semester, obviously, um, which is really not asking so much. That would be like two hours out of your entire semester. Um, we obviously have, you know, specific rules regarding conduct in hospitals mm-hmm. and, um, you know, don't be too rowdy. Don't, if the patients don't like your music, don't, fl- don't keep on flying it. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. All right. And, um, getting back to the, you know, the basic business model, um, what has been the, the reaction to people who, who approach you from the other colleges? Like how do you set it up at the other colleges? Um, so what we do really is, uh, so as I mentioned before, we obviously contact mutual friends, um, and then they will put us in contact with, you know, people, let's say the people part of the music department or people part of, you know, helping establishing clubs at, at universities. And, and, and why, why do that? Why establish branches at other universities and not say, bring it out more? Why not put your energy in your own university and try to get more events going and more people going in your own university? Why did you... Or say Mark, or you know, whoever had this idea, feel the need to branch out to other universities. Um, so I think the uh, his his uh, reason for going specifically to undergraduate students um, and you know internationally um, was really that if you have a club or have an organization which is based upon specific branches in universities, then it's much easier to actually uh, to keep it more of a you know to make sure that it stays permanent and make sure that the right. you know the the initiative doesn't you know fade away right um if you get you know branches you want the idea and the club and the organization to live on after you graduate right, for right sure. eric i mean you'd you'd want to do that for sure yeah we actually have a lot of apparel that are could be going back to the university they plan on continuing this organization this club for a while yeah right i mean yeah so the, i mean the hope really is is that you know we establish a branch in the university they apply for club status it becomes an official club of that university and you know long after we've been you know you know long after we're done with college uh, you know, still still be around. And are you raising money? Um, so we're trying to. Uh, <laughs> um, and if you become a club in a university, you get funding from you, from your right. university potentially. Right. So that's one of the big. That's one of the advantages of getting club status. Um, I know that Eric's got a large stipend from leaving college. That's yes. why he has really cool apparel. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, Yeshua University and Lander College also has very cool apparel. I like to say we have our apparel is slightly cooler. 
But, uh, yeah, we were able to talk to them and pitch the idea to them. They really liked it, so they were able to give me a large sum of money uh, to run events and to also get some apparel when we go to these uh, these veterans' homes and these nursing homes for, uh, for them to see and recognize uh, who we are. Yeah. Do you, think, do you think your college is proud of you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely uh, hope so. I spoke to the dean of Lander College 4. He was ex- extremely excited about the whole organization. Um, he was very into the fact that, you know, this is a student initiative, which, you know, just really the main goal is just to do chesed. Um, and he, he, I mean, he really likes the, he likes the fact that it's, you know, in part of an international student initiative. And I think any college would be, uh, you know, happy about that. And how many chapters do we have and where are our chapters? Uh, so, so far we've established, um, you know, at least, I believe, 15 chapters. Wow. Uh, um, six chapters have, um, have run events already, uh, including Yale, uh, ran an event a couple weeks ago, Queens, Lehman College, Stern, YU, uh, Landers. We've, I've, I've been in contact with my, uh, my friend from York College in Canada. He's, he's establishing a club there. Uh, we're establishing a club in Penn, Princeton. Wow. Um, yeah, so really, uh, we're really we're, we're spreading out. I, I'm actually, I contacted um, a lot of the uh, people part of the Turo University and College System and <laughs> trying to get colleges, you know, trying to get clubs started in, in Lander College, Moscow, and Turo College, France. Ah, uh, within all of the branches of, of Turo College. Yeah, it's huge, so wow. we're trying to really spread out. I think we're really fulfilling Mark's mission uh, in going from Yale to the Mir. I think we got the full spectrum there. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, totally. <laughs> Well, you guys, what you're doing is really great and very inspiring. Eric, do you play an instrument too? I'm working on it. I'm still uh, <laughs> I've been trying a couple uh, summers to get my guitar skills up to par. I hope one day to be able to play my guitar. But right now, I'm just um, whatever uh, singing skills I have. I do not want to sing on the air, but uh, I've been helping out in the background as well with that. Well, you guys have definitely both shown off your management skills, so that's uh, that's a good plus. Thank you. Um, even if you don't think that you have such good musical skills, but I can't speak to that. Uh, so thank you so much. So once again, if people want to contact you, musicvs.org. Yeah. And uh, and they should go on there. So. Right, check there or the Facebook page, uh, musicverse.initiative. Was there anything else that you guys wanted to add? Uh, yeah. Um, I actually want to give out a couple shout-outs. Um, I really want to thank Tova Weingarten. She's the national director, uh, another national director, and she's the president of the Stern branch. Your relation? Um, uh, right. No relation to the wine gardens. Nice call. <laughs> um, and she's done an extremely good job. She's helped organize many Stern events. She really got the ball rolling there. Uh, she just helped recently organize an event at the uh, Veterans Hospital for Memorial Day uh, in the Bronx. Uh, I want to thank Ari Levy, another national director, you know, uh, helping you know very a, a key player in the YU um, in, the, in the YU branch. Uh, I want to thank Isaac Kleiman for help. He really put the whole website together. He's extremely uh, talented. You, know, you can check out our website and obviously see see how good it is. And uh, Batsal Apfel for editing, for managing editor, and being my favorite second youngest brother. Oh, how nice. All right, well, thanks again, guys. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. All right, thank you very much. We'll be back with more of something to talk about right after this.
Welcome back to Something to Talk About. I'm Randy Wartelski. Thanks so much for joining us here at the Nachum Siegel Network. I can think of a million things college kids would want to do with the little time they have between school and summer. But what students from Yeshiva University are doing this week is not what I was thinking of. Part of a Why You Run volunteer program sending students out to Long Island and its surrounding areas to help people continue to rebuild following Hurricane Sandy. The program is run by YU CJF Presidential Fellow Ilana Honick, and she joins us now live on the phone to talk about it. Hi, Ilana. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. So tell us about this program. Um, so this is a fantastic program that actually is a continuation of our earlier efforts immediately following Hurricane Sandy, where we sent out hundreds of students, faculty, and staff to Long Island and its surrounding areas. Um, to help out in standard relief efforts. So this week, um, 10 students and myself are continuing these efforts um, and partnering with an organization called Nechama, a Jewish disaster relief organization, um, and working in houses in Freeport and Lindenhurst out on Long Island and helping with the rebuilding efforts um, following Hurricane Sandy. Yeah, so pardon my, 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 this might be just an ignorant question because I don't live in the area, what is there still left to do? Um, so that's a great question. Something that is really important to us is understanding that the needs following Hurricane Sandy were not short-term, meaning that immediately following Sandy, um, volunteers and workers were very involved in efforts, I guess in response efforts to Hurricane Sandy. And now, even months later, there are still hundreds and hundreds of homes that are still um, recovering and rebuilding. So at this point, um, we are involved in painting projects and also installing drywall, which will then be um, layered with mud and eventually painted. So we're moving from the response, which took place in the earlier months following Sandy, um, and now into the rebuilding phase. And you said you're partnering with Nahama. Yeah. So who's training the students to... Put, install drywall? Um, so the Nakama staff have been based in New York now since November. Many of them are staying here until next April because they know that the need is going to be present up until then. Wow, that's um, a long and time. And so they've been trained um, in previous projects and this project as well. And so they're imparting their knowledge to the students. What has been the reaction to your presence there from the people in the neighborhood? They're unbelievably positive. Um, we've had really interesting engage, engaging conversations um, with the homeowners. So, for example, in addition to our hands-on volunteer work during the day, we have evening programming with homeowners and community leaders in and outside of the Jewish, of the Jewish community. And they just talk about how grateful they are and how they're used to often being the givers, and now they're the receivers, and how that's initially a very challenging position to be in. Right. Um, but our presence and the warmth that they receive from us makes it worth it, and they just really enjoy learning from us and working alongside us, and it's been overall unbelievably positive. And the people whose homes that you're working on, where are those people living now? Some people are not living in their homes right now. They've rented apartments or they've been living with neighbors or family nearby. There are others who have multiple-story homes. So they stayed in their homes during the, during the hurricane, and they've continued to live in their homes on the higher levels. Mm -hmm. And what is the schedule now at YU that the students are available to be going out there and volunteering? So YU has officially completed its spring semester, so we are on vacation. Much so to the we, happiness of uh, all of the people that are with you, I'm sure. Uh, yes, and <laughs> so it's really great. We uh, we sent out emails publicizing this program, and these remarkable 10 students uh, selected themselves to participate and take a week out of their summer vacation, like you said before, um, and really get down and dirty and participate in these efforts. Was there some sort of interview process to be able to get in on this program? Uh, there was not an interview process. 
for this program. We wanted to make this available for as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and we knew that if they signed up, they were interested in being involved. So we weren't going to reject anybody. And how are you organizing where they're going and what they're doing? And are they staying overnight? How does it work? So the students are staying in the at the men's and women's campuses, respectively. Um, and we're traveling every day from Manhattan mm-hmm. to Long Island. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, we go to different neighborhoods in Long Island and meet with community leaders like Bar- Rabbi Baruch or Benjer from Ahiazer, um, or Rabbi Muscat from the Young Israel of Oceanside, um, and other leaders like that. Um, and we choose these individuals based on our past relationships with them having sent volunteers to Achiezer um, back, you know, immediately following Sandy. And we've either maintained these relationships or we've developed new relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're really trying to select leaders from the broad community. So while we're um, visiting leaders within the from community, we're also meeting with non-Jewish homeowners. And we have meetings with um, people from UJA and SEGS. And then tomorrow evening, we're volunteering at Mashpia. So we're really trying to expose the students to the spectrum of response and the spectrum of the community and how they all dealt with the hurricane in the aftermath. Right. What, what have the students been hearing from the leaders of the organizations, like you mentioned, the leader of Achiazer? What, what have the students been hearing? Well, Achiazer was actually our first meeting, and it, I think it really blew away the students. And that Rabbi Bender was just talking about the sense of community that Hurricane Sandy created. And he said, you know, it's unfortunate that it takes a natural disaster like Sandy to make this happen. Um, but he illustrated that by a dinner that was just hosted this past Sunday for Farakaway, Bayswater, and the Five Towns communities that gathered everybody together, not as a fund, not as a fundraiser. Um, but just as an evening for people to unite and to recall the connections that were created immediately following the hurricane. So as far as community building and access and, you know, just good feelings to your neighbors that you would not have otherwise had, you know, those things were created and they're lasting. Um, So that's been, you know, really moving. And we really see that as we're speaking to different people in the community. So that's probably... Um, one of the greatest lessons that we've learned from this experience. Right, certainly. And I I think the sentiment also from the point of view of the people that you're working with, that they haven't been forgotten, I think is also such an important message for the students. Right, absolutely. And they were saying that even after the hurricane, you would drive down the streets, and initially there was garbage all over the place, so mm-hmm. it was very obvious that something had happened, and it really looked like a war zone. But, you know, as the weeks and months went on, you know, externally, it looked like everything was fine. The people were still not living in their homes. The damage was really internal. And it really took you actively opening a front door and looking inside to see that people really needed help. Right. And emotionally also, I'm sure that just the students' presence there is adding so much emotionally to the people in the community. It is. I really think it is. And to the point where the homeowners come to their homes if they're not staying there during the day and they're painting alongside the students and they're having conversations and we're sharing, you know, our background and these people aren't Jewish that we're, whose homes we're working in and we're teaching them about Yeshiva University and what we do. And they're teaching us, you know, about their families and their memories and, and what we're rebuilding for them. So right. there's, there's great exchange taking place. So this is definitely a give and get back for your students. Yes, absolutely. And this experience really reflects the larger mission of the CJS, which is to instill the students with a sense of responsibility and leadership and a sense of urgency to the needs of our own communi- community, um, but also to the community around us and to society in general. Um so that's just reflective in our efforts immediately after Sandy and the continuous efforts to show that our our work and our responsibility is not short-term and it's not temporary 
but it's constant, and we're constantly looking for different opportunities to help and to be involved. Wow, that's such an important message for young people today. Uh, were there any students who had volunteered with you initially in the first days after Hurricane Sandy for whom this is a repeat visit? You know, it's possible. We haven't discussed that. There are so many people in the days and weeks following Sandy, um, everything was very touch and go. We knew that uh, a certain family on a certain street in Farrakhoi needed help. We would just put four guys in a car and send them out. And this was even before all the bridges were open to Long Island. So we weren't exactly sure who was going out, but we knew that there were people and we were sending them. Um, what's unique about this group is that many come from the tri-state area, and specifically from Long Island, mm-hmm. and whose families were impacted by Hurricane Sandy. So they you know, felt a sense of responsibility to give back. And because they were impacted, they want to help others recover the way that they were able to as well. Right. And and were you involved also in that first volunteer effort? I, I remember when the YU kids came, you know, went out after the first few days of the hurricane. Were you involved in that effort as well? I was. I was very involved in, I guess, deploying these troops of students uh, to different areas, such as Seagate and the Lower East Side and, again, Long Island, Bayswater, uh, Far Rockaway. And we even worked with Roche Shiva and their Shiharim um, to send them out to different areas to volunteer. So this project is very near and dear to my heart because I was so involved initially. So it's really special to me that this has consumed so much of my year. Right. And, and yeah, it's been great. You said, and really call a kavod to you, that you're extending, you know, your outreach to your students and clearly teaching them as well, um, like you said, you know, to be leaders and to and to rebuild. Are they seeing, aside from the organizations that you're working with, Nahama, are there any other organizations like yours, like a, a, a young, grassroots, small, uh, just a, a couple of people who want to help still working out there? Or do you feel like... Pretty much people have gone home except for the big organizations that are left. Um, well, the truth is that the big organizations or, you know, government agencies are the ones that you don't really see. It's the grassroots organizations that are here that are still aware um, and that are recruiting volunteers. So we haven't seen groups of students, but we know from the Hama that they're constantly getting groups of students and adults and different community members. Even today, we have we have volunteers who are not with a group that we're, volu- that we're working with um, through Nahama. And I know that a group of Columbus students are coming next week to volunteer with Nahama. Wow. So Nahama really is doing a great job recruiting volunteers and bringing people in and making them aware of this, you know, constant and continuous need. Right. And they're not necessarily fundraising these are just volunteers who are giving of themselves and giving of their time right right well um what else would you say to students out there who let's say came to you and said i really want to come but i can't come that particular week what can students you know let's say why you are elsewhere who are listening what can they still do that's a great question i think first of all to really understand that recovery is not a short-term process it's something that takes a long time, you know, on the physical level. People lost, you know, forget the foundations of their homes. They lost their photographs and everything that they've carried on, um, you know, from their families and their own lives. And so they've lost everything physically, but they've also lost things emotionally. And, and the memories and everything that they've lost just can't be recovered anymore. And so I think... The first thing to do is to be aware that it's a process um, and to be sympathetic and even possibly empathetic to, you know, that struggle and that challenge. Um, and hopefully that, you know, if you're not able to participate now, that will propel you to volunteer and to help out at a different time. Right. Most definitely. Most definitely. Do you have plans for another project of this kind? Well, as you know, Oklahoma is the next massive project mm-hmm. um, that nobody anticipated. Right. And so Nakama actually has people down there now assessing the damage 
Um, and we've spoken to them, and we're waiting to hear when they are accepting volunteers. So it's in the works. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure exactly when it's going to happen, but we're definitely keeping track of what the opportunities are going to be. Wow. Yeah, it's really amazing how, you know, I keep coming back to this. It all comes down to one person, one person mobilizing or one person going out, one person painting a wall that could really make such a difference in the lives of others. Right, absolutely. I mean, one particular thing that stands out to me is that there are maybe two or three volunteers painting a wall in a home yesterday. And, you know, we feel like we're painting a wall and we're contributing something, but we're not exactly sure how that, you know, contributes in the long term. And the homeowner walked in and gasped and said, oh, my goodness, this looks like home. And I think that really just did it for the students, and that was the aha moment where, you know, we finally understood the significance and the importance of our efforts in a real, in a real, real way. Yeah, for sure. Will the students have a chance to express their feelings to you, or have they been expressing their feelings, you know, let's say on a story like that? That's got to be impactful for the students. Yeah, absolutely. We have a couple of sessions during the week where we reflect on our highlights, Um, or anything that we've observed that we'd like to share um, and talk about. In addition to that, we also have created a blog where at least two students every evening are writing um, on their personal experiences of the day Mm -hmm. where they're able to touch on um, either an exchange or a speaker that we heard from or anything. Is that something that's open to to them? Is that something that's open to the public, the, the blog? Uh, we'll see. I, it's really up to the students. It's definitely for the students, and so we'll see um, where that goes. But it's an option. Yeah, most definitely would be um, so great to hear from the students and hear what you know what their experience is as well. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for sharing your experience with us, and uh, you're doing such a great job there. You should continue to to do great things and and help. Thank you, and thank you so much for having me. And thanks to all our listeners for joining us today. Today, we hope we've given you something to think about here on the Nachum Siegel Network. If you have any questions or comments about today's program, please email me at randy, R-A-N-D-I, at nachumsiegel.com. We hope we've given you something to talk about on the Nachum Siegel Network. That's when I lift my eyes to the skies, dreaming, dreaming, days gone by. And I know you say that all I need is an honest try. In on his drive, but in the dark of night, in the lonely heights, you give me the strength to keep up the fight, but I can't move on, I can't live life without you. Sometimes life's like an ocean, sweet is quiet as blue. Sometimes life's like an ocean, sailing with you. Sometimes life's like an ocean, raging like a fool. Sometimes life's like an ocean, when it's drowning in you. Rivers have come to surround me, to cool me and bring me down. Rivers have come to surround me, to turn my boat around. Rivers have come to surround me. Dark of night in the lonely heights You give me the strength to keep up the fight But I can't move on, I can't live life without you Without you by my side Life's like an ocean
with all that we've been through. Sometimes life's like an ocean, waves crashing on you. Rivers have come to surround me, to cool me and bring me down. Rivers have come to surround me, to turn my boat around. Rivers have come to surround me, to cool me and bring me down. Rivers have come to surround me, to turn my boat around. That's when I lift my eyes to the skies. Dreaming, dreaming, days gone by And I know you said that all I need is an honest try An honest try But in the dark of night, in the lonely heights You give me the strength to keep on the fight But I can't move on, I can't live life without you Without you by my side That's when I lift my eyes to the skies Dreaming, dreaming, days gone by And I know you said that all I need is an honest try An honest try But in the dark of night, in the lonely heights You give me the strength to keep on the fire But I can't move on, I can't live life without you Without you by my side
something.